Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the AN After Show. We are back this week to talk about Fruits Basket Prelude which is a movie, the embargo just lifted on it. It's going to be opening in theaters here this week, uh, courtesy of Crunchyroll. So James, Jackie, and I all watched that movie. Um, But before we kind of get into whether it's worth your time or not, because I think we all have some pretty strong opinions on that, uh, (laughs) we've got some anime news to get caught up on, some fun stuff. And I want to once again remind everyone to please subscribe to this channel so you can be here every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern to talk with us. Or you can check out the podcast on Spotify, um, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your podcast. Those usually go up on a Tuesday, early afternoon Pacific time. It's a little iffy because we got to get some editing in and stuff. But yeah, there's two different ways. Check out the after show, either live on YouTube, Facebook video, or Twitter. Or you can listen to the audio-only version on your favorite platform the day, the following day. So just wanted to get you guys up on that. But first, I have some news that I don't think there's an article for this yet. So I feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm breaking this news. Possibly breaking news, everybody. That was great. That was that should actually be our sound whenever there's breaking news. Just all three of us losing it. Just making yeah. random noises. Random noises. Yeah. That made, and noises. all of them completely different. So yeah, yeah. I, was, I think I was doing the foghorn, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we talked about <laughs> this awesome anime called Ranking of Kings uh, on here a few times. And I did the reviews for that when that was airing. And if you didn't know, uh, Crunchyroll told me that they have submitted that series for Emmy, Primetime Emmy Award nomination. Yeah. So rightfully so like I hope it when you emailed it. us that I was like duh like yeah. that has probably been one of the better anime I've seen in a really long time I mean I put Made in the Abyss before it right now um but I mean I love that one I don't want to I don't want to we can't give that to the, we can't give that to the Emmy voters they would die they would watch Made in the Abyss and they'd be like what is this anime what is this and then we would be we never that. watch any anime again. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I hate to say, but ranking ranking is kind of like a soft like gateway. Like, yeah. am I wrong to anime? No, like, really? I think it's a is. good starter for like a lot of people. Like, hey, we kind of want to show you what you can do with anime. We can have these like epic, compelling storylines and these deep characters and this great animation and these cool fight scenes. It's it's a pretty good yeah starter. I, well, I agree with that 100. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's really no like pervy stuff like that that show is almost completely no devoid it is amazing because of that yeah, yeah. and yeah. i feel like for a lot of people who don't watch anime one of the prevailing stereotypes that's going to keep them from taking it seriously is that there's you know a lot of pervy stuff like um, like fall down a flight of stairs land on a girl's yeah. boobs kind of stuff yeah. yeah they don't really yeah. have any of that there they have some pretty intense violence if we think back to like you know torturing the ogre baby and yeah, stuff um, like that. The, but the that's clan, prestige television. The these mom days. being like hung from show. blades. Yeah, the puddle mom. I yeah, that's like, like an episode two. That's like yeah. episode two or three. So I, I mean, mean, we all know Oaken's my the love of my life. Yeah, and they shove they 
put him into a bowl and shoved him into a boulder. Like, I really don't know how much more horrific hey, he got it out of the boulder. Now he's just eternally trying to crawl towards his decapitated head that got thrown into a lake. So just sort of like slowly getting Hey, own. ranking of king can spoilers. Let, um, real quick though, can like someone go through more shit for lack of a better word? Like yeah. I know everybody hates him, but like literally like he's been dealt like the worst <laughs> card. Minus being like absurdly attractive. That had to he be what it was. Rats. Prison rats, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> drinking blood, all kinds it. of gross stuff. So, On this really quick side note, yeah. I did a, I did I told you guys I did my little TikTok show and the My Hero Academia villains and Stain yeah. came up and I had to give a long explanation as to why he is my crush, even though he doesn't have a <laughs> nose. And all I could think was our conversation that I was like, you know what? I need to really reevaluate all of my anime crushes because if they require like a 30 minute like <laughs> argument after, then I just need to reevaluate. Like, okay. Okay, 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 wait. Okay, wait. Yeah. yeah. All right. He doesn't okay, he doesn't, he doesn't have a have nose. A nose. <laughs> but oh, I don't know. Yeah. doesn't have a nose, and that dude got with an Android, so yeah. It's all good. Yeah. And Krillin's Krillin. Like yeah. he's like he one it. of the baddies of all time. And Android's six seventeen. Who do you marry? 18? 18? Oh my god, it got all 18. the numbers messed up. So She's yeah. also a bad 16 got his head smushed and 17 was her gnarly bro. Yeah. Yeah. No, Krillin's wow, like, totally he's got husband material 100% though. Like, 16? Now that, no, no, uh, Krillin. Oh, like, Krillin. Now 100%. that I'm like, you know, in my mid-30s and I have a lot of life behind and in front of me, I can appreciate Krillin now. Everyone's like, oh, you know, he's a little dweeby. No. Okay, he's gonna be faithful, like a hundred percent. Can we go off on another tangent? Because we've already gone off, and so I literally just, you know, we all love TikTok, and something came up, and it was like, "Are you gonna choose peace over pleasure?" And there comes a time where you have to decide, like, am I going to just keep on chasing the dopamine hits and pleasure, or am I going to choose peace? Krillin is peace. Mm -hmm. Krillin is 100% peace. And Lindsay is right. Like, there comes a time in your life where you're like, why am I chasing... Like Vegeta, why am I chasing I was Goku? Like, who doesn't no, Vegeta, make me a priority? As a teenager, as a teenager, I was on the Vegeta boat. And, oh, me know, too. Me too. That guy's. You not- know, Yamcha would be another good one. Yamcha would be yeah. a good. He's I'm good husband. Yamcha, material. I feel like he he, he, he tried too hard. But I, I like want he- a simp. I want a Yamcha. I 100% want a Yamcha. I'm like, if I could go back in time, y'all, you know, okay. Anyway, okay. we're, we really, we've, yeah. we've gone off. So really hoping Ranking of Kings gets its <laughs> Emmy. You know, there's only been one other anime series that's ever got an Emmy nomination, and that was Afro Samurai Resurrection, I think. So it's been a long time. Oh wow, that's been a really long time. Yeah, and I, I think- have to say, I've been seeing more anime pop up on, like, the critics' best of lists, like New York Times. Yeah. Like, a couple years ago, they had uh, Keep Your Hands Off Aizouken as one of yeah. the best shows of the year. Yeah. So I think we're we're getting to the point where it's not going to be It can't be, be ignored. Yeah. Also, yeah. Netflix has opened the door for streaming series to be nominated. So it used to also be limited because you needed an anime that was airing on television. Yeah. So, so, and there weren't a lot to choose from then. You had stuff in the Adult Swim or the Toonami block, but that was basically it. But now if, you know, if it's on a streaming service and falls within the correct time span, that almost opens all the simulcast series up to potential consideration, right? So long as the company behind it, like, sends it in and does the campaign 
to make a yeah. convincing point for why it should be nominated. So theoretically, so maybe I feel Neo like Yokio cool. can get the retroactive Emmy that it so rightfully deserves. James, I'll let you. Which one? Which one? <laughs> Neo Yokio. Neo Yokio. Oh. oh no! I thought he was actually saying a good anime. Yeah, I'm like, come on. I thought he was. I thought he was gonna say Gungrave. So I was, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's getting like a new game or something. By the way, I is it really? Yeah, Honestly, I keep meaning to send you a link to it. I keep forgetting they pop it. up like some random shooter all the time like they're just like i mean you know what i'm here for it so i won't hate <laughs> on it but like i played like a vr game and i was like you know they just should have died with the anime so many years ago but it's fine i'm, I'm okay with a little resurgence every once yeah. in a while but yeah, yes yeah. what were we talking about again we were talking <laughs> about ranking of kings i was just letting everyone know that if those i mean when those primetime emmy nominations come out if ranking of kings is on it you heard it here first Lindsay said so i mean just be on the lookout for that if it's not on there well you know i guess we'll be sad about that but yeah so sad all right so other new news we've got is chainsaw man related everyone's been kind of like when's the next part of the manga gonna start when's the next part of the manga gonna start i mean in the meantime the creator at tatsuki fujimoto has been doing these great one shots like look back and things like that so did you guys did you guys read the most recent one the the found footage one that he did is that one called goodbye airy yes i haven't i I haven't read it yet but it should be on manga plus and uh the shonen jump app i've been meaning to read those is it good yeah very good yeah well Mm -hmm. he's got a new one shot coming out and that one's uh gonna be titled uh which is means listen to me normally and he's actually working with another artist on that one uh oto toda and oto toda has a manga this is also going to be releasing soon called to strip the flesh which is a collection of short stories it's got a really cool evocative title it's a collection of short stories but the primary story which is also titled to strip the flesh has it's a uh, trans story about um, someone who was assigned female at birth but is male and so they're into hunting like actual like like deer hunting and things like that something i think they um he does with his dad and so mm-hmm. it kind of gets into the body dysmorphia aspect so if you're not as comfortable with that kind of imagery it might be kind of off-putting because there's mm-hmm. there's like scenes of um him imagining like actually carving his his breasts off mm. you know that kind of oh, stuff wow. because because he wants his masculine body to to match his his inner self so that's one so um fujimoto is working with the uh manga creator of that series on this new work that's going to be coming out on the shonen jump plus app on july 4th so this has been good about releasing those at the exact same time so it'll probably show up around that same time period on there but as for the new chainsaw man school arc i think is what um fujimoto said it was going to be called that's supposed to finally debut on july 13th so sweet we've been waiting for more chainsaw Mon- man manga which i keep meaning to like binge read that that's when it's i know up. i want you to i just yeah. haven't so yeah i need to catch up i i, I kind of quit after the end of a of a certain arc and like right before i'm pretty sure the the arc that led into the end of part one okay so now so that i know that part two is going to be coming out i think it's going to be a good time to pick it back up yeah, and if uh, our listeners slash viewers here haven't watched it yet, we've got a great video up on the um, ANN 
YouTube channel about the Chainsaw Man manga and how Fujimoto uses very little dialogue and a lot of symbolism and just his art to construct a mood. So yeah. it makes it sort yeah, of it, it 100% lives up to the hype. It is yeah. great. Yeah. So that's the Chainsaw Man news. Uh, the last bit of news I want to talk about, we're going to show a video. Uh, the new promo video just dropped for the next season of My Hero Academia, which is going to start in October. Now, I had misgivings I'm... about the last season, but it does. I did read way far ahead in the manga. Um, and this new season is going to be way more action heavy. And it's looking like it's going to be pretty intense because we're we're on the edge of war between the villains and the uh, heroes in this. So cool. uh, I'm going to roll the trailer uh, once again. Like usual, there won't be sound because that's just kind of how it works with StreamYard. But we've got an article up on AMA News Network if you want to go check it out there later. So let me just get this popping. Now, am I remember? Am I crazy, or did I hear that this? That the manga, at least for MHA, is starting to wind down. It's kind of entering its final. Yes, phase. there was news, I think, a while ago that uh, Horikoshi is entering into the last sort of run for this. Eraser looked really cool there. We saw him pull his glasses off and he had like creepy eyeballs. It was good. But yeah. Just... Gum. Oh, he's hot. Not, yeah. you know, anyway. <laughs> No comment. Why am I talking out loud again? Um, <laughs> what I did like about this is that we see um, so many characters and it looks yeah. like they're in action, which makes me really excited. Like so many of our favorites. Um, yeah. It's short, but um, I'm like, I'm excited. Like Mirko, um, we saw Dobby, um, obviously Shigaraki versus Deku. Like, can't wait to see that go down. Um, I really liked the poster images, actually. Shigaraki looks, like, absolutely, like, chilling in it. He has, like, his no lips, and he's, like, all pink. I know that doesn't yeah. sound impressive, but for some reason it was. I was, like, when I said it's all pink, I was, like, that doesn't sound scary at all. No, I think I can. I have a small um, version of that that I can Yeah, no, and I was quick. just, like, it's it's got me hype. Um, yeah, I really like this image of Shigaraki. I don't know why. I, I just thought yeah. it was great. And Where's... Deku, it's like lightly, it looks like sketchy. And um, mm -hmm. I like the coloring and their hair just kind of like, you know, looks like a cloud or something. I don't know. I thought it was neat. Yeah. Um, and I definitely am in the same camp as Lindsay. Um, the last season left a lot to be desired, minus some very traumatic episodes with the Todoroki family. Um, yeah. But it lacked action. And, and Shigaraki's backstory. Like, and Shigaraki. were pretty heavy stuff, yeah. So, yeah, like, let's give her credit is due. Like, those are very heavy stories. Um, but, uh, yeah, otherwise I didn't really think it was that great. And to be honest, like, those are both just, like, watching the silent voice, which is not my cup of tea. Like, I don't <laughs> like just going through trauma. Like, if there's going to be <laughs> yeah. trauma, like, at least have, like, Shinji like ripping apart an angel or something you know what right, i mean right, um yeah. so it's like for me it was just like a lot of trauma without any like action delivery there so i was just like okay like can we get it going um also um redestro was an awful villain like everybody was like playing him up to be like this great villain and oh we've never seen a villain like this and then i was just like he's so unforgettable and dumb yeah and i mean he is so forgettable right 
Oh yeah, sorry. He's yeah, so yeah. forgettable. And yeah. like I don't know. So yeah. we shall see. TBD. Yeah. yeah. We only got really small clips in that trailer, but I mean Mirko's <laughs> gonna get kind of a big moment. Um, of course there's the uh Redestro, Deku, Shigaraki stuff going on. Um, kind of get to see all the characters really just go all out. So I want to see how they interpret that. James, did you finish the last season? I'm, I don't remember. No, no, that's no. one of those shows where the longer yeah. I, I'm behind on it, the easier it is to stay behind because there's so much to catch up on. I need yeah. to though. Um, yeah, it's just been. It's probably know, faster just to catch up in the manga at this point. It's kind of what I'm thinking. I feel yeah, like you rearrange the arcs too, so you can. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like the anime? Because I know there is some anime where they feel like, like with Attack on Titan, a lot of people have said that the anime adaptation actually improves upon. Um, some of like the pacing issues and stuff of the of the manga. Would you say that the anime is a particularly different adaptation, or is it basically just the manga but in motion? Um, I feel like, at least for the last arc, because I jumped into the manga right where the the anime left off. I was like, all right, fast forward. Even though they kind of, like I said, they kind of rearranged things, but um, I think the manga is better in some ways because Horikoshi's art especially when he does like the full page spreads and everything is really intense um especially for this mm. upcoming stuff like with the battles and whatnot like his the imagery he does really like and the just the the stroke motion of of the drawings and everything he can really put this energy into it and this intensity into it and sometimes the anime has has managed to do that I think um but not always Okay. So I don't, yeah, I think his, I think his art is still really kind of worth appreciating on its own. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe once I'm caught up with Chainsaw Man, I feel like that's yeah. the one. Yeah. That and uh, Dandadan is the, that's the manga I've been hooked on. Yeah. I need so. to check that one out. That's a new one. What's, yeah. what's the appeal of Dandadan? Um, so that one, uh, it's actually very similar to Chainsaw Man, where it okay. has a really out there kind of bizarro sense of humor and action. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, uh, Nick on, on Twitter um, posted something about it that I really agreed with where there's a um, kind of an economy of storytelling that Don Tadon has that Chainsaw Man takes a little while to get into. Okay. Because um, for Chainsaw Man, I would say it probably took me like 20 chapters before I really like got what the story was doing. Okay. And with Don Tadon, you know, in like in chapter one, you're like, okay, I get the dynamic of these characters. Um, it's about a, a girl who believes in aliens and a guy who, no, no, a girl who believes in ghosts and a guy who believes in aliens who discover that both are real. Okay. And they, they both end up with supernatural strange abilities that allow them to fight these things. Um, and it's, it's very raunchy and very silly, but also very sweet. And with Chainsaw Man, because the cast is so big and the world is so weird, it, it takes a while to kind of understand the wavelength that that manga is operating yeah. on. Yeah. With Dan Dan, it clicked almost immediately. And I, it's I kind of like how I thing. still don't know how JJK technically works. I just, yeah. Of... Gosh, JJK is so, like, I don't know how it works like, either, sure. but it's so great. Yeah. Someone was like, why do you like JJK so much? And I was like, it's mainly because there's a guy in it who likes tall girls with big butts who are a little thicker. So I was like, <laughs> so I'm a fan. Um, and he was like, what? And I was like, just watch it. Yeah. Um, I also we forgot to talk about um Trigun Stampede. They're making a remake. Oh, right? duh. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Jackie. I'm yes. sorry. I literally like had my anime news network um email in the background, and I just caught the headline. I was like, we got to talk about that. Yeah, like I mean, I, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like for all of us, like, I mean, I think that had to be one of the gateway anime for you guys. It was yeah. for me, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, Bash the Stampede um, cosplayers used to be like one of the number everywhere. one. Everywhere. Everywhere. You know, got the glasses with the ziggy zags on the side, the big red trench coat, yep. and you put way too much Him gel in your hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my um, gosh. It's been forever and a day since I've watched the original Trigun. I had it all me on too. DVD at one point. And then gave it away as a white elephant gift, and my brother ended up getting it. So unless he gave it away, I guess I could always get it back. But yeah, yeah that was one of those um, sort of uh, fundamental series of like the '90s. I feel yeah, like a hundred percent for those who are new and like didn't watch the original Trigun. I don't even know where the original is streaming if it is legally streaming anywhere right I now. I think you can still stream it on Funimation. Um, okay. Well, now Crunchyroll, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I hate to say this. I barely even remember what it's about. Like, I remember I finished it and I loved it. And obviously, like, remember bits and pieces of it. I remember I love the guy with the cross. Because, like, uh, any, yeah, anyone with, like, a giant weapon, like, um, obviously, like, Guts and, I don't know, like, tons of characters from Naruto and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I just remember, like, really loving it. And that's why I was kind of excited that they made a remake of it because it's, like, it was one that I think definitely got us all into it, but I don't even really remember it. And like, yeah. I remember I tried to rewatch it recently. And while with Cowboy Bebop, I can be a little forgiving with the art and it has that retro feel. Like Trigun was like a little like too 90s for me. Like, I know that sounds there's There's weird definitely to say. some dated like animation shortcuts in it if yeah. you were to watch it now. Um, I know people who are fans of the manga, um, have differing opinions on where the story goes because it goes in an original direction because the manga wasn't over yet at the time so they kind of came oh. up with their own story um but you know it's a it's a post-apocalyptic west comedy western about yeah. vash the stampede who's not a bad guy but he has a huge bounty on his head and the bounty hunters usually wreck whatever place he ends up at causing you know damages that it's worth a ton of money and so he he's kind of perpetually in debt i feel like his character type kind of appeared in some other shows around that period like if anyone watched gun sword he that kind of had a oh, trigun-esque gosh, feel um it does feel very much of like cut from a similar cloth as cowboy bebop even though it's not nearly as in space like there there is some yeah. sci-fi aspects to it but it's it's mostly like world building stuff not dude outlaw star like mm -hmm. outlaw really star. Just e isekai outlaw star. isekai has is having its moment right now sci-fi western was having its moment when we were kids yeah like for sure like i yeah. off the top of my head i can't think of some other ones but like the trifecta undoubtedly was cowboy bebop outlaw star and trigon like i think yeah. like it, like we all watch those yes you know yeah, yeah. so yeah. Anyway, those Toonami so. promos live in my head rent free and have for like twenty years. Yeah, so. yeah. So the, the news for this this new series, they haven't outright said it's a remake. It, they haven't even outright said it's a TV series. So we don't really know what format it's going to be. It could be a movie. It could be a limited series. Um, Crunchyroll is going to stream it. It's supposed to come out next year. And it's going to be animated by Orange, who's the same studio that did Beastars and Land of the Which Lustrous. Which got me super excited. Yeah. Yeah. So um, expect it to be sort of this beautiful blend between 2D, 3D animation. Um, 
I'm just kind of excited to see what it looked like. My favorite character from the original was, this is not surprising at all, was Legato Blue Summers, who was, you know, this this stoic, one of the, like, he was like a sub-boss. I can't you remember know? him. I can't either. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was, like, under Knives, who was, like, the main, like, big bad guy of the series. It was really good character. I, honestly, like, it makes me sad I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, honestly, I'm just like, okay, like I, that, that made me excited. They're, they're remaking it. Cause I do remember I tried to rewatch it on Netflix and it just like, wasn't quite hitting for me anymore. So if you yeah. want to like revisit it in quick form, there was an AMV that was popular kind of around the time that it came out, which was a, it was a Trigun set to, um, Oh God. Uh, what's that? I band? think I know the one you're talking what's about. the band? What's the band? Oh, my God. Oh God. Um, um, if there are any millennials in the chat, help us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just like singing it to myself the other the other day. Um, um, and it. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Because it, it's like um, it's it's not Bon Jovi, but it's like the same era as Bon Jovi. Who does? I don't know. Who does? Uh, Domo Regatta, Mr. Roboto, who sings that? Sticks? Sticks. Okay, it's a Trigun set to Sticks song. Is um, it a... Renegade. Renegade by Sticks. I'm gonna... I'll just drop it in the chat if you guys want to watch it. I had... So... Yeah. Uh, okay, when... can we also talk about... Talking about Time to Be Alive. Remember when yeah. YouTube was just filled with anime videos? Yes. Or anime oh, yeah. edits to, yes. like awful EDM songs and I'd be like because every time we touch I get this feeling and it'd be like <laughs> Sailor Moon like yeah. and it's a tuxedo mask kissing her I'm like what happened to those days when Lindsay I know you know what I'm talking about yeah. I just James put a link to the, to the Trigun AMD oh, yeah. in the chat. You'd have like Helsing to linked, uh, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lincoln Park. There's a Lincoln Park video <laughs> for almost every anime from that period. True. Uh, the video quality on this is horrible because I bet they ripped it from VHS tapes and it's just been processed to hell. So, um, but yeah. So you know it's the real deal, kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, you, mm. when you had to make your AMVs with VHS rips. <laughs> I had a, like a sixth generation copy of just a compilation of AMVs on a VHS tape that I used to watch like all the time. And it was just, I mean, it was awful. But some of the best AMVs were on there. Like uh, Adolescence of Utana movie set to um, Bachelorette by Bjork. I was obsessed oh with that God. music video. Um, you would be. My yeah. favorite was, uh, there was one to Ah My Goddess, <laughs> like, which yeah. I've never even seen. But there's yeah. an Ah My Goddess AMV set to um, A Perfect Circle's Orestes, which is like <laughs> one of my favorite songs. Recipe, the one where they're like uh, telling you how to make uh, cookies in German and it sounds really mean. No, that no, song? that's uh, that's Tool. That's D.I.R. von Satan. Oh, okay. um, there's definitely an AMV for that one because yeah, it's hilarious. Probably. But no, probably. this one is just like a sad, emotional, uh, depressing song. And the uh, the Ava one set to Angle by Rammstein was like... Oh, yeah. oh I think I saw that Everyone one. Everyone saw I think, that yeah. one, right? Well, and the, the one that... Um, the To Queen, to a Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, Caitlin just oh. brought up Tainted Donuts. I have seen Tainted Donuts. That one's really good. Is that the that's the edit where is that the Cowboy Bebop Trigun edit where they they actually did some pretty crazy edits to it to like put them in the same frames and stuff? If I'm remembering right, yeah, Trigun Cowboy Bebop crossover. Yes, I've seen Tainted Donuts. Oh my god, I'm so old. Um, 
Yeah, we are. Can yeah. I also comment that it's 6.30 and we haven't even talked to a fruits basket at all. We've just been I was going to let this go for about three more minutes and then I was going to like... No, but I'm like, we've, we've been totally off the rails this entire pre-show. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just been really funny to me. Yeah. Oh, but I love all those AMVs. Off too. I'm trying the to think rails of... in the best way. But also, yeah. um, there's one... Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2 set to the Kenshin OAVs. I think I've seen really that good. one. I think I've seen that one. I remember, I think I remember that one. God, we were such little weirdos. I, I, I think all of these probably won like various con AMV awards. Is kind yeah. of like, there's another Cowboy Bebop one that's um, just Ed focused to a Backstreet Boys song that I also had Ooh, on Backstreet tape. Boys that was another good one. It. And then there's. Um, the memories segment, uh, Magnetic Rose, set to uh, Phantom of the Opera, but it's like an EDM version of Phantom of the Opera. It's really good, too. <laughs> That's heart. another really good one. I watched that video a bunch of times before I ever saw the movie. Like, I knew the, some of these I knew the music video before I ever saw the, yeah. like, the actual anime itself, so. We should just do an AMV watch party. Just like all the classic AMVs. Oh my AMVs. god, James, that's a fantastic Dude, idea. James, yeah. we're effing doing that now. And yeah. We gotta, we gotta like you post guys have to AX. The list. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that'd be a great TikTok if we just like posted all those. Yeah. And just yeah. reactions to it. That would be amazing. That's happening. That's happening. That sure. is gonna happen. Okay. And Speaking by of... it is Lindsay. This is one of Lindsay and my many ideas that will never slide. No. Now that you've said that, <laughs> as an Aries, I run on pure spite, so I'll make sure it happens just because <laughs> you said that it wouldn't. As like, an no, Aries, as an Aries, we will also have all these great ideas and execute on freaking like one percent of them. But well, it's we okay. can bring wine to the AMV watch party, and then we can have your wine, Lindsay. Yeah. I have Lindsay a whole bottle of rosé in my fridge just waiting for the occasion. Okay. Okay, talking yeah. about unfinished projects, years ago I talked to Lindsay about us having a wine about anime. I forgot what, what was the name about of it. It was like, yeah, wine. It was wine about, it was wine about anime. Wine about wine about anime Wednesday. <laughs> we were going to do it on Wednesdays. Yes, too. Wednesdays. Wine about wine about anime Wednesday. I don't even yeah. remember. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so it that doesn't flow happen. as well as it maybe did when we first thought of it but yeah we thought we were really smart yeah we and did it didn't, like, that's clever yeah and here we are now anyway moving on all right moving on i want to remind everyone that this week thursday it's the trailer watch party for summer yay hey i just made a list with all the videos on it and we've got about 43 shows our <laughs> characters look yeah. so cute i'm oh, sorry and I'm going to so commission like this us. person to make one of you, me, and, and James as well, just for the podcast in general. We should. I'm like, yeah. this is so cute. And she really encompassed us. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm I like, was like, I love yeah. It. yeah. And I'm so, like, oh my God. It, Lindsay, you're, you're wild with mischievous energy in that, in that <laughs> yes. case. Like, you, you look like you have something something going on. You're scheming. <laughs> I am. I am oh, always man. scheming. So it's going to be me, Jackie, and Jeff Thew from Mother's Basement for the Summer 2022 Anime Trailer Watch Party. This will be live at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, June 23rd. This will be on YouTube, it'll be on Facebook, and it'll be on Twitter Spaces. We're going to watch all 43 tra uh, trailers for every show that's premiering this summer. And then after that, oh my god, it's like Anime Expo. So, hey, you can find me and some Jackie as well, and several other uh, ANN editorial staff members will be running around uh, that convention. If you see Jackie, she might be filming, so you should say hi and come talk to yes. her. And you might end up on our on YouTube, camera. on camera, on our Ooh. Twitter, TikTok, 
other things mm -hmm. like that. Um, we will also have two panels. Oh, uh oh. Did we, we just really lost Lindsay. We lost Lindsay. Okay. Wait, Jackie, mom is gone. That means we can get into trouble. Let's go. Uh, no, just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, James and I both were like had the most shocked faces ever. You're back. What happened? Back. I hit the back button on the side of my mouse. Did you hear back. us? No. What did you like, say? Mom, mom's gone. <laughs> we can party, and we were like, anyway. No, I was funny. about to say let's let's do a Gungrave cast. <laughs> Gungrave cast. No. All right. I was trying to tell you where to find us at Anime Expo, and then I hit the wrong button. So I I will be and Jackie will will be on at least one of these. Uh, I'll be at two panels. You can find the Anime News Network panel on Saturday, July second at eleven forty five a.m. There's going to be a lot of room in there. They actually gave us a pretty big room, so I hope you guys fill it up. Otherwise, it'll look really sad in there, and you don't want to make me sad. So come to that panel, and then there'll be a second panel on Monday, July fourth at ten fifteen a.m. And that's so you want to be an anime journalist. So if you, you know, want to be an anime journalist, come to that panel. You'll get advice from me. Uh, Chris McDonald, our CEO, will be there. And also Nick Friedman from Crunchyroll News will be there. So, yeah, that's where you can find us officially at Anime Expo. Although I'm going to be in a bunch of different panels. So, yeah, if you see me, just say hi. Hello. And if I can't think of anything interesting to say, say, remember that I'm also kind of weird and awkward. So don't expect too much from me. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just, I just want to set the bar, you know, there. <laughs> We're all weird and awkward, so yeah. yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I think it's about time we talked about Fruits Basket Prelude uh, movie opening this week. We got early copies to watch it so we could talk to you all about whether you should go see it. And um, we had a little bit of discussion before this started, and we're kind of all on the same page. I think with this probably Probably. Unless so well i mean i i heard okay so okay am i gonna go first Cause yeah because like, um, i think i think you, you have like busted first always um okay so the first 30 minutes are a complete waste of time um if you are <laughs> like james right out the gate there i know sorry and this if is our like positive james, take <laughs> i know you're, this is my positive take if you're like james and you haven't watched the series right or you're like i've seen a couple episodes here and there right? i saw the first core so i, I saw like 12 ish episodes okay so like I, it, to me, I feel like if you haven't seen all that, it was just, you'd be like, what is going on? Why is this here? And mm -hmm. then if you have seen it, then you're like, I've seen this. Like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> like that, that's <laughs> frankly how I felt. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, what the hell? So, but then once it got past it and it finally got into Kyoko's story, um, I really loved her story and I thought it was great. I thought that it was a little rushed. Um, I did hear you guys kind of making fun of how it was like, I'm sad. I'm sad. It was like, it was very, very like depressing. It was a, but I thought that there was a lot of uplifting moments too. Um, I thought that like, I really, I really loved their, how much they cared about each other. And I think that in ways I found it to be a little toxic because they were both like, they found each other and felt completed, which I 
always kind of scares me a little bit when a romance is like, I was nothing without you. And then I found you and I felt completed. But mm -hmm. then I also, it also drove home to me for me that like as human beings, we crave connection and Kyoko was so isolated. And I honestly, like I vibed with her story a lot, like having parents who, um, you know, I like, I felt like the mom was really trying, but like, just, you know, couldn't find her footing. And the dad was just kind of an asshole, like, and, um, but both really not great parents to say the least. Yeah. Um, and you know, when she had her outburst, I mean, Lindsay, I got like Aries vibes from her, like super hard. I don't know about you, but like, I felt like she was Aries, like a hundred percent, like, um, wears her heart on her sleeve and wears her emotions very openly. Like when she like threw the chair and was like, F all of you. I was like, I've never done that. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, Oh my God. You know, like I was like, wow, this is like a little too telling. Um, but I, I really like that. They like showed that side of her and like, uh, just, she was just so vulnerable. And, um, I liked that, it just, I think that when you're someone who has felt that loneliness, like it was nice that she finally felt seen and yeah. felt loved. So like, I, it did give me the feels that like Katsuya like loved her. So, okay. Other qualms of the story. He's a teacher aide. He saw, met her when she was in junior high. Weird. Yeah. Like we could have made it a boy in high school. Like, you know, or, you know, it could have been any, I don't know why they necessarily decided to pick that as like his an occupation adult. and not yeah. wait for them to connect. But um, I also thought it was interesting that like the dad, his dad was like, I neglected you and I wasn't a really good dad, but then the mother died and he came around and he was like, I just, I want my like son to um, have his own family and core. And I think for like me, it was like, here was a, a guy who didn't really have a strong family core. Here was a woman who didn't really have a strong family core. And they really wanted to create that together. And for me, that was really beautiful because for me, that's something I hope I can create someday because I lacked it. And I um, like, I guess it just like gave me a lot of hope, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. But um, there were some big flaws with it. Like, I think, again, the 30 minutes is a complete waste of time. Uh, the romance connection a little bit weird. And I thought it was a little bit rushed. Um, another, I don't want to like touch on everything in one go though. So that's kind of like my synopsis, but like, there's definitely other things that I want to touch on, but that, I think that's my overall. Yeah. So to, to start with um, for the first, yeah, as Jack said, the first 30 minutes uh, to elaborate that on a, a little bit, it's like a, it's a recut of the television series, but it's just, it's just Toru and Kyo's relationship all yeah. cut together into 30 like, minutes. Why though? It doesn't really have any bearing on this story other than the fact that Kyoko met Kyo when he was little, which I found somewhat contrived to begin with because Kyo's already got this really full backstory, okay? Like, he's already the cat. He's already had to deal with Soma family crap and, you know, his parents <laughs> abandoning him and his mom kind of going crazy and then getting raised by his uh, his kung fu teacher, his, his shishio, and then and then yeah, it's like on top of that, things. yeah, and then on top of that, he ran into Kyoko for a while and she left a big impression on him and he even like encountered Toru at one point when she was really little, but she doesn't remember it. And it's just like, yo, you've got a gazillion characters and not, I know that like Kyo is the main guy for Toru and it's pretty common, you know, for them to, the childhood friends or the, or the 
destined meeting that they don't quite remember that gets used in manga and stuff all the time. It just felt kind of like they jammed so much. He has a monster form. There's just, it's it's a lot. lot. It's It's a a lot. lot. And it doesn't really, I was watching this movie expecting it just to be about Kyoko and Katsuya meeting. And so I, that 30 minutes in there, I was like, why is, why is this here? Really? It's not informing me about Kyoko really at all. It's just, giving me a recap of Toru and Kyo's relationship, which isn't going to really appear until this really short epilogue at the end of the film. So, I mean, am I getting this 30 minutes just so I can appreciate the three minutes at the end? Like, well, who is that for? Now, to get into the bulk, I guess, of the story, which I agree with Jackie, I thought felt rushed. And so the emotional beats didn't hit me as well because it kind of just felt like I was on a ride. Like it was just sort of like going and with it, no I, with no low or high. It was just like was, yeah, just kind of going through it. Uh, I know James will want to speak on this, but I I also wanted to add that like I went in, into this thinking um, they met when she was in high school, which would still be kind of an issue. But I thought, oh okay, maybe she's like seventeen and a you know a senior or seventeen eighteen, and he's. A teacher's a aid, teacher's so, aid, yeah. Aid, so maybe he's like twenty <laughs> or something. Where, mm-hmm. yeah, how they and she's met, eighteen, yeah, yeah. How they met isn't appropriate, but he quits teaching not long after that, and then they really kind of start. I mean, well, so I mean, I was kind of waiting for that, but then like, no, she's in middle school. Now in Japan, middle school does typically go up to ninth grade, so at max she's like fifteen, fifteen years old, and that's like a I mean, you take into account her broken home life, her poor self-esteem. A hundred percent. She's sleeping on the streets, all these other sorts. Of, she's an extremely vulnerable teenager on top of being a teenager. And so. And he's like eight was, years older than her. It's not like he's like a yeah. 19 year old um, student. He's like in his mid twenties. Did you look that up? Because I don't think they yeah. ever. Okay. Cause they never directly tell you how wiki. old he is in the movie. Yeah. They never say he's X years old. Yeah. They yeah. never say how old he is. I honestly, Lindsay, I'm glad you touched on that. Like, uh, as I said, like it already made me a little bit worried that the show or the, the movie was setting up this whole, like you need someone to complete you or you're completed with the other person. When I was like, this is this is like um just like you said a woman or a young girl like said to have like a lot of issues like um i would say insecurity wise uh self-esteem wise like a bunch of different things and then like for a guy like eight years older than her to be interested i was just kind of like oof yeah that's that's like that's a really that's a really rough situation and thankfully he was really kind wonderful human but yeah it's just like i don't know it definitely took me back a little bit james too. do you want to like, like uh, weigh in on that bit a bit yeah i mean so again i am a teacher and so the whole teacher student dynamic has never been anything that i've like particularly enjoyed because yeah uh it just doesn't make any sense to me um mm-hmm. every time i interact with a teen- teenager i can't help but think oh my god you're in a, you're a child a child <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah um and so and, and I've unfortunately known people that have uh, crossed that line and it's bad. It's just bad. But yeah. like we said last week, this is a work of fiction. It's a romantic fantasy. And I totally get that the, the fantasy of like this hot 
uh, smart, put together adult teacher sweeping you up. Like that's that's the appeal. The appeal right. is that it's a forbidden romance. That it's you know that you know someone that's mature and, and older than you has like seen you know the potential or, or whatever. Like it's it I, comes I guess in and basically solves all your problems for you too. Yes. Right. I mean. Yeah. I mean, yes, from um, like a realistic standpoint, you know, it's troublesome because you're like, oh, she's completely financially reliant on him. She doesn't get into high school because of a fight that she gets in. So like education wise, she doesn't have options. She doesn't really have a lot of options other than to probably be taken care of her. Any kind of like self income that she could come up with is either going to have to come out of her own like creativity or um, yeah. some very limited employment options because she has... She, she has no college or secondary education. High school isn't mandatory in Japan. That might vary from prefecture to prefecture, but that's why you sometimes get these stories where, oh, they drop out right after middle school and work because technically mm -hmm. you don't have to go to high school, but it's basically career suicide. Like, what are you going to do with just a middle school education? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, crazy. I mean, and her, and her parents also kind of put her in a, in that sort of position. Like they, they kick her out of the house at 16 ish when she would have been doing her high school exam because she, she isn't able to do that. And then they kick her out. So, I mean, that doesn't, that also doesn't leave her a lot of options where she's supposed to go. So it's just, yeah. Well, my biggest problem with this movie really was that, you know, I, I went into it with as open of a mind as possible. Mm -hmm. I do feel like, the way they handled the age gap romance was so kind of direct and and they again, acknowledge it like there's yeah, a bunch of, like little yeah. like jokes even in it where she's like, "Are you a lolicon? Like, are you yeah. like indie young girl?" Yeah, I know. And, I was like, "This is awkward." -ish. Like, it's not like they're Weird. pretending that that social standard doesn't exist because I mean, there's even a part where they kind of like make this light joke about he says he's quitting teaching and he goes into pharmaceutical research and they joke that teaching isn't a good profession for him and the implication is because you know you tried it out and ended up falling in love with a student so you student, probably yeah. shouldn't be teaching well i think the biggest problem is that at least Wait, for me seriously i didn't even know that part yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of subtle <laughs> wow like, wild. I'll take you know and he says well i've got a twist kind of a twisted personality and she thinks to herself oh you admitted it so i mean there's just all these little things that kind of acknowledge the fact that like he's not he's not making uh, what would be considered a good choice, you know, by marrying this, <laughs> this teenager. Yeah. Um, but yeah. my issue is that, I mean, for me, even if there wasn't an age gap romance, mm -hmm. I don't think this movie would have been any good because no. <laughs> um, what's Kats Katsu is a nothing character. Like we, all we learn about him outside of it. So his kind of vaguely, troublesome past with his parents it doesn't really even come up that much because it gets like two scenes of of, of being addressed but yeah. he's he's such that fantasy figure of he comes in he sweeps off her feet he you know fulfills her and completes her in a way to which she's basically uh, she they're in a, like a codependent relationship right and then he dies um there's no I like his cause of death <laughs> was so ridiculous too they're like it's yeah, like he just pneumonia. got a cold. I was like, yeah. Is he a young man too? He has no, like, they didn't establish, like, even that maybe he had asthma or a weak heart or, like, had had heart surgery at some, you know, nothing. They hadn't established anything with his character that might think that, like, hey, you know, he, uh, like, 
physically he's a he's it's a little precarious for him or something it's just like yeah i'm a perfectly healthy or you know maybe at this point mid to late 20 something and died from complications from the common cold and like what did he get pneumonia and like pass away in his hotel room without any kind of yeah what you yeah. guys what you guys were making this movie sound so bad <laughs> like i'm literally like now that i'm like looking back i'm like gosh i like thought there was some redeeming parts of it and i'm like not nah, really like it was like... really rushed and really like she's she's great like i love yeah. her Mm -hmm. um he's really not that great i hate to say it. i'm not gonna i'm just gonna put that out there like he's nice to her but it's like he's there's no flair to cut he's probably got like a seedy charm yeah like yeah okay so like without getting like too much into it i around that same age knew a man around that same age who was very much like this and i mean um and so that, for me, some, some, for me some, with, uh, with uh, some similar like backstory reference, it actually made watching this kind of difficult now as an adult because yeah. I, I was basically like watching this playbook and I was like, oh yeah, that's how they get you. So wait, um... he was a predator to you? Because you feel like, do you feel like yes, Katsuya yeah. was? Yeah, in a Oof, similar way where it's sort of okay. like, yeah. He was so grooming was just, her in the movie, basically. Like, yeah. He, he yeah. finds her at her most vulnerable, like, emotionally low state. And he Takes her out to lunch. Yeah. yeah. Compliments her and nags yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> touches they, her there in a, you know, in a particular way. Like, he, he establishes that physical contact with her really early while she's emotional. Just sort of says all the right things he doesn't push her to like go to class or anything but he keeps meeting her you know on the roof and stuff offers to tutor the tutoring thing was weird because at that point like i felt like the uh romantic emotional connection had already been established he's like and now i'm gonna keep tutoring you on the side of the freeway or something um he's helping her study but he's like flirting with her at the same time and um i brought up him her making the joke uh do you have a lolita complex which is right after he confesses to her specifically and his response i found to actually be kind of creepier because he's like who taught you that which i feel like is only something you say to a child when they say something out of character for them like you just proposed to her but now you're asking her like who taught you what a lolita complex is like she's not Mm. old enough to know or she shouldn't know what that is i mean again i'm reading certain things into it based on personal experience as well and that's going to affect my like you know experience with this movie but it was just you know it was there were some things that were kind of on the nose and it was like this isn't um a fantasy to me i like i like james was saying i understand why this exists as sort of like a a fictional fantasy but it's like if you've got any kind of realistic frame of reference for a 23 year old dude trying to like pick up a 15 or 16 year old girl you're just like i don't want to watch this yeah yeah i think that's what's kind of sad is like this this franchise has been so great at like being emotional and relatable and all this stuff but like this is just kind of like a cringy story like the more and more we talk about it like it's like they're trauma bonded for sure yeah am i wrong yeah really she is like you know yeah um, I think he's been through trauma too. Yeah. I do think it's the age gap is a little 
I mean, it's not a little. It's strange. Like, it's yeah. just weird. If they had met, so like, at a different point, I mean, but then we're talking about a different story. But, like, if they met yeah. in their 20s, mm-hmm. and, yeah, he's on the older edge of 20, and she's on the younger edge of 20, you know, it's, like, then it's different because the life experience between both of them starts to yeah. be similar. But, I mean. Well, Lindsay, you even mentioned, like, if she was if she was 16 or 17 and he was, like, 19, right yeah and he was like a college yeah. freshman yeah that was a teacher's yeah. aide you could you could maybe sell that more yeah. i agree getting yeah. into creeper territory yeah 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 it's it's not just it's not the age gap <laughs> as much as it's also the age gap paired with like her specific life circumstances and his particular position when he meets her all put together and we've had people point out in the forms when our review for this went up and whatnot that i mean fruits basket's got a lot of like like drama tragedy around a lot of its characters and unhealthy relationships and things like that and um that's kind of you know what's supposed to make it really compelling this isn't the only age gap relationship in the show i guess um the goth girl who's like one of my favorites uh toru's best friend later ends up kind of uh in a relationship with one of someone from the soma clan that i'm not as familiar with but who is of a similar age gap too and but I feel like they play, that one plays off a little bit differently. It doesn't make it okay, but the goth girl's got this very, like, um, grounded personality where she doesn't, she's not in the same sort of, uh, like, kind of fragile position as Kyoko is in this movie. No, there's not but, that extreme power imbalance or that extreme yeah. well-being imbalance that makes it so... yeah. 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 But yeah, um I just again I, there there are like various kind of mini arcs but they all none of them really get fleshed out to the full degree like when they're dealing with the uh this the fallout after he dies. Like that could have been a really big emotional moment in this movie, you know, where she kind of falls into herself and then she has to realize, you know, I still have to parent my daughter. My daughter's been waiting for me to kind of come out of this uh fog that I'm in now that my husband's died and again she wasn't set up to have a job or do any of these sorts of things to be able to take care of herself after he died but even that didn't feel like it really went there because it's it like appears in the movie and it ends within like 10 minutes yeah and then she dies you know you don't even get to see that that relationship between her and her daughter where it's like that'd be the payoff of her getting out of her grief and right they should have just made it an episode. And honestly, like two and it poor, poor writing. Yeah. Like, I'm not, it's not, it wouldn't have been the best part of the series for I, sure. I feel like if the clip show had been taken out and this actual story had been a, an additional 30 minutes, like it could have maybe, you know, at least delivered on some of the emotional payoff. Like, it was yeah. bad because I, I think the closing time, it's not the last time you see Kyoko in the film. But the, like the second to last is we literally see her corpse laying in the road and like yeah. she's like all dead eyed and then but it's supposed to be like this emotional touching moment where like Kyo's realizing that like she's not cursing him or something and but I'm like why are we just staring at her dead body in the road like the framing wasn't great there's also think, these really ugly birds in the last bit. I noticed that the, the seagulls yeah were like also why? um. He thought she said, I'll never forgive you. Yeah. So did they ever clarify that? I don't think they really did. Mm -mm. I mean, 
Toru like swears on Madonna. Like, I don't think my yeah, mom would have said then, that. But then why did he hear that? Like yeah, the I don't whole know. thing is super strange. Like I yeah. when because I remember that stood out to me in the movie when I was like, there's no way her mom said that. Yeah, it's really but then they character. never never had her be like, I actually said this or something. I don't know. I felt like that was really weird. Loose end that was not really addressed. Yeah. You know what I think would have been a much better use of the movie's time other than that random clip show yeah. was if because we get that little epilogue with um toru and kyo and it's really yeah. cute yeah i mean they're just kind of talking about groceries so it's it's a weirdly sort of banal conversation to end a movie with yeah um, but i i was imagining because i thought when the clip show first started i thought it was maybe going to be like a couple minutes just to remind us of the where the show ended and yeah. i thought oh they're gonna like show toru and kyo as they're starting their relationship they're you know I think they're living together, right? Like, they're, yeah. you know, and maybe they're going like through some stuff. Like they're trying to make ends meet. They don't know what the next step is going to be. Yeah. It turns out that being, you know, teenage married is a lot harder than it looks. And yeah. maybe it would like cut back and forth between what Toru and Kyo are going through. And it would like contrast it with like how her mother and father oh, met. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could like, you know, you could cut, you could play with that and you could show like, yeah, I mean, these two met under less than perfect circumstances. And that's an interesting know. point. They could have definitely done some um, juxtaposition between the two couples, which they didn't do because yeah. um, Toru is definitely, I think more Katsuya like, and I think that um, Kyo is more Kyoko like, which that would have been cool. They didn't do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's surprise, just, surprise. Let's just uh, come up with our own movie version of this movie. And then, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, it's kind of sad because, like, I really like Kyoko. Like I said, there was parts of like, and there were things that she said that like really resonated with me. You know, like, um, and I like the part where she was like, she she remembered when she told her mom, um, I it'd be I never asked to be born and all this stuff, and yeah. then she was like, gosh, I didn't even think about how mean that was to my mom, and I mm -hmm. felt like I I thought that was really nice that she had empathy for her mom. I yeah. think that. You know, the mom, like, and the one thing I do love about Fruits Baskets is that it humanizes everyone. You know what I mean? Like, it finds, um, well, not every, some people are just straight up villains, right? But, like, it's yeah. like the mom, you could relate to her. Like, she is a weak person relying on the father, you know, but really love. I thought she loved her daughter, but just was, like, so weak, you know? And then, like, yeah. her daughter saying that to her. I was just, like, but her realizing the pain that she inflicted on her mom in that moment. Like, I thought that was, like, a really nice reflection moment. Like, there, yeah. it had a lot of nice fruits baskets moments where you're, like, wow, this is some really nice reflection and growth, you know, for these characters. But um, I think the scariest thing for me was that it's just, like, I, I haven't seen this with the series where it was like kind of pushing like unhealthy relationships or like glorifying them, mm. you know, like I felt like it was glorifying a very like un like the age gap and the trauma bond and her being really young and like going through a lot of shit and like not really finding her own identity and like linking her identity with this relationship. Yeah. But somehow coming out of it unscathed, like I'm just like, okay, yeah, I don't think it works like that. So, but I have not seen that with this franchise. I usually think this franchise is like really good on, um, you know, like people healing individually. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and that's why I love about Fruits Basket. So I guess I was just a little bit shocked that this was so off, but it's it did have some good moments. Yeah. I also didn't know that she 
had resentment towards her biker gang. Like I knew that she had been in a biker gang, was a delinquent, was causing all these problems and and whatnot, and then ended up leaving. And I guess, you know, it kind of makes sense for them to have a bad falling out when she decides to leave because it's a gang, right? But before she even decides to leave, she talks about how she like hates them. And I was like, really? I kind of thought that was like, you know, one. Yeah, your 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 tribe sort of situation, you know, like that maybe not everything about it was good because you're it's a, it's a bunch of trauma bonded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah, gang, it's a gang, you know? but, but I didn't think that she they like, didn't touch actively, on that enough. Yeah. I they didn't touch on the gang. Like I think that, that would have been really good too to like agreed. actually have some time dedicated to her like confronting the members of because there's only a really little scene where she's at the playground and those two girls come up and then they and think they're she's like scary and up. then they leave and then there's a really short scene that implies when she gets you know like beat up for wanting yeah. to leave but i feel like the gang members should have had like a secondary character status mm-hmm. you know because that was who she was running with all the time at it, that point it falls short in many ways unfortunately mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. yeah anyway well, all right well, that's our take on, unless anyone else has any, like, closing comments that they want to make, I think that's kind of our our piece on Fruits Basket Prelude. Um, if you want to check it out for yourself, see if we were right, see if we were wrong, you know, you're just a hardcore Fruits bas- Basket stan, and this is, you know, this is this is your favorite flavor of, of, of anime, you know, go, go see it, you know, and... If you enjoy it, that's great. This was just another how we coffee came away from. Attack again. Just, just feel free to like if you need to get popcorn and get drinks, don't do it worry during the first 30 missing. minutes. Yeah. Rush, you know, you got like a half a yeah. solid. If half you're hour. 30 minutes late to this movie, you're totally fine. Like yeah. usually you're like, oh, I'm gonna miss something. Yeah, you're good, man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And next week, let's see. Next week is the 27th. We'll probably take next week off because we're going to be doing a whole bunch of AX prep. I'm going to be flying in the air, you know, but uh, we'll be back. No, I probably won't be back the fourth either. I'll still be in Los Angeles. So it's going to be two weeks off, unfortunately. But hey, we're going to have preview guide going up July 1st as well. Uh, James will be on that. Um, It's going to be great. It's going to be 43 new shows. Just 43 shows, James. You'll you'll be fine. (laughs) totally (laughs) no worries all right everybody we'll see you next time bye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.